Hi, and welcome to the Trail to Austin, the place to get to meet the people of Austin and find out how they became the people of Austin. I'm your host, Bob Morse, and sitting across town, and I believe fully vaccinated now, is our own Joel McCall. I am. I'm a little shy of bulletproof, but uh, feeling pretty good about going outside. Uh, there you go. And I myself uh, was vaccinated uh, last week with the help of our guest today. Oh, nice. Yeah, so uh, she helped me find a place that was ready to go. And so we're going to talk to her a little bit about why she does this and, you know, what she, um, how she got started doing this, why she does it, and, and maybe some tips for you all to uh, be able to look a little more effectively so you're not trying. So with that, I'm going to welcome Mary Mancusi. And Mary, do you go by, I mean, I know these people that do stuff like yourselves, um, they have names like vaccine angels and vaccine hunters, or what do you prefer to be called? Uh, well, I've been called all of the above, but um, our little joke in our little group of people who are helping find people vaccines is the vaccine warriors. So we decided to go a little more aggressive than the angels. <laughs> well, you're doing a good job of being aggressive. I can tell you that you're finding them. Um, so just before we get well, first off, go ahead. Mark, have you gotten your shots? I have. I was very fortunate to get it through um, a nonprofit that my husband's cousin works for that had extra vaccines and they alerted family members, right place, right time. So it worked out for me. Perfect. Perfect. Pfizer, Moderna. Pfizer, yeah. But we didn't have a choice. It was whatever was there. Pfizer. Yeah. So um, anyway, I wanted to find out a little bit before we jump into the vaccine thing about how you wound up here in Austin, because I believe you're from the Northeast. Yeah, I am. I actually grew up in Massachusetts and I was living in New York City uh, where I met my husband. He's from Dallas and we kind of looked uh, around. We wanted to start a family and we thought New York City, well, you know, it's it's a very expensive place to live. At, at 11 years ago, we thought Austin was super cheap. Uh, <laughs> you know, go figure. Uh, though it is still probably cheaper than New York. And so, you know, we looked at uh, various places and I said, well, if we're going to move to Texas, I really want to move to Austin uh, just because it's such a creative city. There's so much going on, you know, it's the weird. Uh, so, you know, that just seemed like a good fit for us. And he found a great job here. And as a writer, I can write from anywhere, which is really convenient. So I was able to come here and continue what I was doing. Yeah. So um, you obviously you have a family, you have a job. So how did you find time to do this, uh, this vaccine hunting? Or well, well, um, I'm an author. And so I had finished my book and uh, I had a few weeks, they were negotiating a new contract. And if anyone knows anything about publishing, it is glacially slow. <laughs> and so I had a few weeks uh, where I was just doing nothing. I knew I didn't have a lot on my plate. And then on, on my birthday, actually, March 2nd, the mask uh, removal mandate, um, mandate removal came across. And I was so angry because I thought it's too soon for this. You know, I, I think that's great in the future, a couple months down the road. We don't want to be wearing masks forever, obviously. But I felt like we're just getting started with the vaccines and, you know, like we're, we're ready, we're almost there, but like, let's cross the finish line before we do that. And so I was really angry and I started going on the internet as you do and like being mad. And then I was like, you know what? The next day I was like, I could be mad on the internet or I could actually do something a little more, you know, uh, uh, active and channel that rage into something that will actually help people. And at the time, um, my, the teachers had just gotten um, approved and one of my really good friends is a teacher. So I had texted her and I said, hey, are you getting your vaccine? No, now that you're approved, I know she had been waiting. And she was like, oh, yeah, um, I can't make an appointment. I'm like, I've been in all these meetings. I'm in school all day. I've been trying on the web. I'm sitting on hold. I have an appointment. And like the second I click enter, it vanishes. And I'm so mad. And she was just like, rah. And so I'm like, well, maybe I'll be able to help you with that. And that's sort of how it got started. Cool. Well, I know that, I mean, especially here in Austin, I don't know for other cities. I, I hear different things in different places. It's been very frustrating because it seems like a lot of the uh, vaccines under the control of APH here instead yeah. being distributed to multiple places. And they, they just keep having glitch after glitch with their website, which for their target audience, you know, especially the, the older folks that were starting at the, they're asking them to do the impossible. 
you know. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's, it's really heartbreaking to hear some of the stories I've heard, you know, trying to get people vaccines. They've been sitting on waiting lists for months and months and never being called, called because they think they're supposed to be called and they are supposed to be called, but they're not being called. And then APH or whoever it is will open up slots for people to get. And all these people are waiting in line, not knowing they're supposed to go on the internet or not even knowing how, if, even if they did know they were supposed to. And so they're sitting waiting for a call that's never gonna come. And so they are so shocked when I say, let me help you. And then within 24 hours, usually uh, I can find them a spot, sometimes in their own backyard. And they can't believe it. They're like, how is this possible? I've been sitting on lists for two months. And I'm like, like, you're magic. I'm like, no, it's not magic. It's just a really terrible system. And if you don't understand it, you're never gonna be able to crack it. Yeah. So tell us how you do it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you it's not magic. And a lot of it is actually just the fact that I'm looking all the time. And I have two other people uh, that are with me uh, that joined me as I started this little crusade. Uh, and so the between the three of us, we're always online, you know, monitoring. So it's not actively sometimes, you know, you're doing other things I'm writing or, or you know, whatever, but you kind of have your computer on there are different channels like the Slack channel someone set up in Austin that will have a bot that checks appointments every 10 seconds at the various stores. Um, I know that CVS, if they put out appointments, they're going to put it out at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., something really early in the morning. I know Walmart's going to do it at like 10 to midnight. I know the HEB is all over the place, but uh, when they start dropping slots in Austin, you know they're all going to come in a minute. So if you see one slot, one store on you know, HEB in Austin coming up or one in Houston or whatever, you know they're about to drop a bunch, so you get ready. And having so many people on my list, I'm able to fill them really quickly. So it's not like you know, if I had to call every person and be like, hey, HEB is opening up slots in Austin, by the time I made those calls, they'd all be gone. So I'm able to take their information down ahead of time. So when I see that slot, I jump on it, I put the appropriate person in for that particular slot. And some people have preferences, which is okay. I really need a second dose of Pfizer. I really need a J and J. I don't want to do anything else. So I see a J and J pop up in Colleen. I might say, hey, can you go to Colleen? Or I might have already asked them that. Oh, yeah, I can go to clean. I don't have anything to do tomorrow. And I'm willing to do that. So then that's the person I would put in that slot because it's the person, per perfect person. But, you know, not all slots are equal and they pop up at all times. So you have to be looking at all times. So it's not really practical for the average person to search for one shot. But if you're sh searching for 20 people's shots, it's really, you know, it, 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 you can get a lot done. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> do you have something, Joel? You look like you're about to say. Well, no, no I just think it's, it's great that you can actually grab a time for somebody. You know, you don't have to give them a social security number or a blood type or an address or uh, or anything that would that would. So in, on one hand, it's kind of uncomplicated. On the other hand, it's just kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean, all I really need is their date of birth and address and phone and even the phone and email. Like if I have an email sent, the email sent to me, I can just forward it to them. So it's very basic information that I need to know. People don't feel comfortable sharing. I take their phone number down and I text them, hey, there's a spot at the Dripping Springs Pharmacy open right now. You should jump on it. Uh, and if they're good, they, you know, if they're ready, they'll jump on it and maybe they'll get that spot. And, or, you know, Coda just opened up thousands of slots you know can you go to coda on saturday well you better fill it out right now that little form because in an hour that's going to be completely gone and so just even being able to notify people that it's popped up and now we've been doing it so long that people notify us so like this morning you know like someone texted me like hey i know you're looking for people in dripping springs for slots uh this pharmacy just had some slots open up and i was able to get the people to get to the slots right away i wouldn't have known that i don't monitor dripping springs pharmacies you know and so now i'm getting tips to me and i can forward those out to other people it truly takes a village. It yeah. does. And it's great how Austin and, and, and really the whole country is coming together with people doing this. I'm certainly not the only one. Uh, and, you know, on various levels of organization, you know, some big groups, um, but they're all volunteers. They're all, you know, vaccine hunters. They're doing it for no profit and no benefit to themselves, except for maybe the thrill of the chase, because we can talk about that a little bit, too. You know, it is kind of fun in a way uh, to get the hit that confirm button and know you got someone a slot. Oh, yeah. So what, what are some of your, um, you said you use the Slack channel, anything else that, um, you know, is uh, there, there are a few, you know, like I just monitor different slots. So, you know, like I monitor uh, Coda, their sign up sheet, you know, and see if they update that. I monitor CVS, HEB, Walgreens, Walmart. Um, 
And then some of the various pharmacies, you know, I know now their um, spots. And then we have one person on our team who actually does vaccinate people. She's, you know, volunteers to do the vaccination. So she might get a head up that ARC has some um, openings, you know, this week. Or I have a Dell pharmacist who always texts me if, you know, she knows of some that are coming up. Uh, so we have a lot of like intel coming in and then I and I look who's looking that day, who's on my list, and then I make sure I communicate either sign them up or communicate to them that they need to sign up because um, I can't do all all the sign up some of them more a lot of more of the hospital related or pharmacy related want the actual person to sign them up versus CVS who you just sign up someone up for them. Uh, and so just getting that <laughs> sort of like uh, air traffic controlling in a way. Well, I got mine through so, Austin Regional Cl uh, Clinic excuse me. Um, and I saw your, your post, uh, on Facebook, on the Facebook group. And I'd seen that was one minute ago when I saw it. So I immediately picked up the phone and called the number. Yeah. And if you had waited 10 minutes, it probably would have been gone. Yeah. And, um, boy, though, if you're a patient of them, that is so easy. Once they get on the phone, they want your birth date and your last name. They've got all your information. They go, okay, what time and where? I think people think it's more difficult than it is too. And I mean, certainly the timing wise, but they're very concerned about how it's going to be to sign up, how, um, what, what's going to happen when they get there, what information do they need to know? How do I prove whatever category I'm in all this stuff that, um, by the way, <laughs> like they don't actually care too much about, they want to jab your arm. Yeah. And I'm not saying at all, if you don't qualify, you should go try to get a shot. But in Texas, it is the honor system. So you you don't have to worry too much when you get to your appointment. It's going to be OK. And I know so many people are, have to talk them down the ledge because they're afraid to go to their appointment. They're just so nervous about the procedure and how it's going to go and how, how, you know, like especially at CODA, like what does that, you know, entail? And I'm like, it's very easy. OK, just just it's OK. It's going to be OK. When you get there, you're going to be like, oh, what was I worried about? It's not a big deal. So when I got mine uh, in Dripping Springs, uh, I had an appointment. You know, it, it was between 5 and 5.15 at Ranch Park. Uh, normally takes me about 17 minutes to drive there. On this particular day, it took an hour because of the traffic. And I get there, and it was a Disneyland line, you know, <laughs> going back and forth and all that. And... Uh, this guy comes up and says, how many people have appointments? And I would say only about 20% of this whole crowd of people had appointments. And everyone else was there. They were just walking in. And uh, I was talking to this one lady. And they, she said, yeah, well, I got my shot. I'm here with my daughter. Because they had extra vaccines at the end of the day. And if you're hanging around, you can get a shot. So what is the story with uh, extra vaccines or uh, extra allotments or, or, or walk-ins? How does that sure. work? Um, so it's different every place. Uh, so I've been told, and these are all things I've been told. Certainly I have not tried a lot of these things myself, but from what I understand, um, for example, uh, CBSs will let you go on a wait list or a waste list as they call it. And, so, and not all of them do, but some of them will. And uh, you can call them and say, you want to be put on this list and will they call you if they have any extra vaccines? Uh, sometimes you just hang around a CVS. I was talking to one girl that went to a CVS and she said that she was there around closing time and she saw they had extra vaccines. They gave it to people that just were hanging out in the store. So sometimes you can get lucky. Um, sometimes they know they're going to have extra vaccines. So they start putting out the call early. Like I think Dripping Strings has done a couple of times where they're just like, here's the slots we have left. We don't, we don't have anyone to give these to sign up and show up whoever you are. It doesn't matter. Uh, CODA is, uh, CODA is kind of a risk because you're driving all the way out there and you're waiting in line and sometimes they'll just, you know, say, nope, sorry, go away. And sometimes they'll have tons left over. Uh, one of the tricks I heard was that if it's a bad weather day, like last Saturday, it was rainy. And so a lot of people didn't go to their appointments. So they had tons left and they ended up having the firefighters take it to a local convenience store, uh, in nearby. And they started just giving out shots to whoever was there. Wow. Um, they were, they were also like, you know, if someone else was in the car with the person who had the appointment, they'd ask the other person if they'd need a vaccine. But there are some days you could go to CODA and wait in line an hour at the end of the day, and they're going to turn you away. So that's the risk you have to take if you're looking for these um, extra vaccines. I've had, I 
try not to recommend people do it just because then they come back to me and they're mad that it didn't work for them. And I'm like, you're, you're, you're gambling every time you go out for that. And yes, maybe you'll get lucky. You've heard people get lucky. That doesn't mean you will. So please don't like go out there expecting a shot. I think a more common way to get the extra vaccines is through volunteering. Um, again, not guaranteed, but probably much more likely they're going to, if they have extra vaccines and they have volunteers at Coder or whatever, uh, they're going to be much more likely to start with the volunteers who spend all their day, you know, filling up paperwork or, you know, directing traffic. And those people uh, are likely to get a vaccine at the end of their shift. Uh, so that's a good way. If you don't mind spending an afternoon helping, um, you may walk away with a vaccine. How does someone become a volunteer? Uh, there are sign-up sheets. So when Coda is looking for people, they'll put out an online sign-up sheet and you just apply and then they, they call you if they need you or, you know, email you or text you or whatever they do. Uh, I have a, one of my co-helpers actually went out there two weekends ago, I think, and he did it. And he said it was such an amazing, like validating experience. He, he didn't even need a vaccination. He just did it because he wanted to help and he just loved it. Uh, and he wants to go back too. So I don't know if they need anyone this weekend. We haven't seen a forum for this weekend, but um, in the future, I'm sure they're going to need more and more volunteers. I mean, because it's a big operation out there. Do you help people find ways to volunteer? Yes. If someone asks me, I put them on a list. And then I, you know, if I see someone, if I see something put out for a volunteer call, then I will afford the people that I know are looking. So basically I just need to know what you're looking for. And then you go on a separate list. And then when something like that comes up, I can let you know, but if I don't know, you're look not, I don't know you're looking, then I can't help you. And I'll put it on Facebook, you know, like on the Circle C residents, like, hey, they're looking for volunteers, but I can't reach everyone uh, through that means. So I have to know. <laughs> well, put Bob on. <laughs> so you seem like at, when you're done, uh, when you will finish up with this, that you're going to be one of the most connected people in town. I know it's weird. And it's funny because I just moved to Circle C right before the pandemic. It was kind of like we moved here and it shut down immediately. We were out in Dripping Springs. And uh, so we didn't really ever get to know any of our neighbors. So it's been a kind of a fun experience in that way is that we've got to meet so many Circle C people uh, just through doing this. Uh, and so I, I kind of like that. Yeah. Do you, um, have you found your jobs getting easier now? I mean, it seems like there's more vaccines available in general than there was early on. Yeah, I do think it, at each week it gets easier. There's more opportunities. It's also people are starting to learn the ropes a little bit more, so they are able to get their own often. Um, uh, you know, there's a big difference between 50 plus uh, getting the vaccine and 65 plus. Yeah. Uh, we are we will help anyone. And if you're 50 plus and you're having trouble, I don't mind helping you. But I, I'm going to probably send you the link instead of filling it out for you because I know you know how to do that. Uh, we were really concerned in the beginning of the, you know, 65 plus uh, that really didn't understand the computer systems and also the teachers just because they um, are working all day and they don't have time to sit on the computer. They get a lot going on. Um, however, um, the teachers have had a lot of opportunities. I think that the city has really gone above and beyond to try to make sure those teachers do get their vaccines, like having teacher only, you know, vaccination clinics and stuff like that and, and allowing them to get off work. And so I, I do think um they are pretty set uh, at this point, hopefully. Um, but I know there's still more seniors out there. I would love to talk to more marginalized communities because I feel like that's probably a spot where it really needs a lot of work. I don't know if there's nonprofits I can talk to or what to help get those people, you know, that might not have the connections as well. But that's just something on my mind you know, for future. No, okay. So um, let me ask you this. Is there one place in particular that you think is the best go-to place to get this information if they want to try to do it on their own? Um, I mean, I like, I like the Slack channel um, and because it's, um, and I got to remember what it is, what, what the actual, hang on a second, I'm gonna, it's Texas Vaccine Updates uh, Slack channel and uh, that's a really good one. Um, there's also, um, and I, I will, I will send this to you because I don't have it on the top of my head. There's a vaccine finder um, that someone set up uh, that will show a map and it shows like the available, the you know, it's either red or blue on all the places in, around that will have vaccines open. I know a lot of people have found success with that. I've never really had it work for me very well, like, because you'll click on a green and it'll be already gone. And so <laughs> I don't love that. That's not my, you know, everyone has their personal hunting, you know, places. Um, I think if you want to get something, you just wake up early and go to Walgreens and CVS and, and CVS hasn't hit Boston in, in a few days or 
quite a few days, but you know, next week when they get more in, um, just suck it up, <laughs> wake up at 5 a.m. and and give it a shot. And maybe it doesn't work and you go back to bed uh, and then try it the next morning. Uh, Walgreens as well. I, I've gotten a couple of people from Massachusetts, which is really hard. If you think Texas is hard to navigate, Massachusetts is the worst. Um, but, you know, even at Wal even for them, Walgreens, uh, first thing in the morning, I was able to find appointments and they were like, how on earth? I'm like, I just woke up. <laughs> you know, y'all are an hour ahead of me. And I said, <laughs> you just have to just have to do it. Um, um, you know, and just commit to it if that's what you want. Uh, if it means, you know, you have to think about it. It's a vaccine. It means like saving not only possibly your life, but like the lives of people that you love, even complete strangers. So, and for me, it's worth waking up at five in the morning a few times to make sure that happens. Yeah, well, last week I had to take my dog into the vet and I walked into uh, the little H-E-B up here. You know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah. And they had a line of people there to get vaccinated. And I was like, I didn't even hear H-U-B got any vaccines. You know, it was kind of strange. So, but I digress. Do you have a sense that there's vaccines going unused? You know, I don't think so, because I feel like there's so many people that are hunting for those leftovers uh, that don't qualify yet. Um I worry that once they open up to everyone, it's going to be harder to find, um, you know, vaccines and maybe they'll have a clinic that's a fail or whatever. But um, I don't know. I, I know that they really try hard to give out those vaccines and they will put up open calls. And so I've see, when I see the open calls, like the Dripping Springs one, for example, they get filled up really quickly. So I'm hoping that means that, you know, they're not wasting vaccines, but I really have no way to tell for sure. Yeah. Certainly there's the demand in Austin for it. Yes. <laughs> That's not a problem. So, Joel, do you have any other questions on vaccines, or we might move to another topic? I gave it my best shot. <laughs> Mary, did you have anything? He's waiting else? all day to say that. <laughs> yeah. no. oh, he, he's the pun. No, master. I would just I want to say one thing uh, before we switch topics, and that is just I know it's frustrating. I know the system's bad. I know it shouldn't be like that. Um, and yes, it's wrong. And yes, you should be mad and outraged and all that. Okay. Have your moment feeling that way and be justified and knowing that you're right. And then push it aside and try to do the work that under the system that we have, because this is what we have right now and it is worth the weight and worth the, you know, struggle and worth the thing to get that appointment and get this over with. So just try to be patient. Don't give up. Don't give in to the, just the anger cycle or the fury cycle, uh, and, and just suck it up and do it basically. Stay away from the dark side of the force. <laughs> yeah. And if you need help, find a vaccine hunter, angel, warrior, whatever you want to call them. We're all out there and we're all willing to help. And the Slack channel will actually, the, that's probably the easiest way to find help. Go to the Slack channel and, uh, do like a hashtag help wanted, I think is it, or help dash wanted, and someone will jump in and they will try to help you. So there's there is help out there. All well, right. Thank you for what you do. It's yeah. it's awesome. Thank you. Well, it's been very rewarding for me too. Um, and just every time I hit confirm appointment, I just feel good, you know. <laughs> so it's a good well, feeling. And I think our our listeners also need to know that no matter how angry and pissed off you get, once you get the shot, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I wanted to invite her on. And then I find out about the side gig, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but, you know, it was just, here's somebody doing this that it's not even for themselves. You know, they're just going out and trying to help other people because they see they're struggling, you know, trying to get these appointments and stuff like that. And, you know, I know one of my friends contacted you and he'd had his first dose of the Pfizer and he was trying to get his second dose and he was 52 days out. And, you know, it was just like, what's going on here? You know, and so it's nice to know there are better people than us, Joel, that hang out there in the world and do things Thank like this. Thank God for that, right? <laughs> oh my. Yep. We should talk about second doses really quick, though, because okay, I know a lot of sure. people have questions about that. Um, it's really hard to get the second dose. It's, let's say you got a leftover dose or whatever. People feel like they're stranded or like with the storms, their second dose wasn't, you know, was, re was canceled on them, whatever. Uh, so one thing you need to know that if you're 42 days out, you can go to the Austin Public Health, uh, any of their vaccine clinics, just look up when they are, show up without an appointment, say, here's my vaccine card. I got my first dose and they will give you your second dose if you're 42 days or more out. So you never have to go without it, no matter what, where you got your first one. 
Okay. Uh, the second thing you need to know is that some pharmacies like CVS and, and Walgreens will schedule second doses only. Uh, you have to see what they have and catch their slots being open. But I've gotten a lot of people, Pfizer shots at CVS, second shots that weren't able to find them elsewhere. So that is another option that you should keep a lookout. You might have to travel a little further because, you know, for availability sake, but uh, you can get your second shot that way. No, I'm, I'm glad you covered that because I know that is a topic for, for several people and I was laughing with Joel before you got on here that, you know, I know so many people at APH didn't get, I guess at first it didn't occur to them to schedule their second appointment when, and I said, my mom's little podunk town in Oklahoma of 2000 people. She walked into her pharmacy. The guy gave her a shot, handed her a card that had date three weeks from then on it and said, come back. You got to get your second shot. And I'm like, well, why did we not figure that out? Experience in Dripping Springs. When I got my first shot, they made the appointment for the second one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And boom, 15 minutes, now it's gone. Yeah, and and I, I think that's how it's supposed to work. It just, yeah, I think in the beginning, they didn't know what they were doing. Or these people who get the extra shots, they are not guaranteed to get the second shot at the first shot place. So it creates a lot of confusion. The whole thing creates a lot of confusion, yes. to be honest. It's a terrible system, like I said. Well, you know, you think about it, it's like, okay, how many people are in the United States? few billion so okay we're going to give everybody a shot that's a pretty big task yeah yeah and Especially it, when a whole bunch of them don't want it well that's a whole nother podcast topic <laughs> yes, it is. okay well now let's let's have a little fun because a part of me uh finding out about mary was finding out uh what she did for a living and <laughs> i think you guys are going to find this super interesting uh, she alluded to earlier, she's a writer, but why don't you tell them who you write for, Mary? Well, I write for Disney, <laughs> which makes me a Disney princess, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, write, I write for Disney. Um, I do Frozen books, um, and then I also do original titles. Excellent. So when you, when you write these books, uh, what's the target age group for these? Are these super sure. young or middle? No, I actually write. Um, so my my original titles would be for what they call middle grade, which isn't actually middle school. It's more of the eight to 12 uh, year old range. Uh, so they're not the early chapter books that, you know, are a few words per page or the big type, um, but actual books like like a Percy Jackson style book. Um, so I do those. And then the Frozen book I wrote, one of them is going to be a middle grade, but the one that it's already out is a young adult. So it's a teen novel. Um, Disney really wants to pull all the audience together. So a teen novel can pull in some of the younger ones because it's still Disney teen. It's not like, you know, teen. Uh, and so you get the, the younger, maybe 12 and up and then the teens. And then of course there's huge adult fandom for Disney as well that you have, you can bring in. So they want to have books that, um, that cross over, you know, you do have the, the picture books and the early reader books, but we also have more sophisticated full length novels. Okay. Now, do you Go ahead, Joel. Receive a, uh, a well, do they say we need a book about, we need yeah. a frozen book about this? Yes. So it's, it's work for hire. Uh, so they, they pay me to write a book about whatever they need their book to be about. And so they'll give me basically the, the concept of the book and the parameters and what uh, they want in it. And usually um, that's created with both an editor that I work with and then the filmmakers, they sort of have their own meetings and discussions and then they bring it to me. And so I will write an outline uh, of the book that I'm going to write. And, uh, you know, they bring it back to the filmmakers and it's Hollywood. So they're like, we love everything about this except nothing. Start over <laughs> and <laughs> as Hollywood does. And so we go back and forth quite a few times, you know, yeah, until um, we come up with an outline that everyone likes. And then I go forth and write the book. And uh, once I have a draft then I send it in, the editor edits it, we get it as good as we want. Then we send it to the filmmakers again to get their approval because it's official Disney stuff and not just like fan fiction or something every word has to be approved by the film team so it doesn't conflict with anything that's already been done you know or what the characters are behaving in, you know like they're supposed to so there's a lot of oversight but there's also a lot of freedom they've given me a lot of you know freedom to just write the book I want to write the way I want to write it and if as long as it doesn't clash with what their vision is um we're able to you know I'm able to put my own stuff in it so it's not boring of like, I'm just writing what they tell me. Uh, but there is definitely more oversight than if I was doing an original book where it's my book and they're licensing it and publishing it. And it's all my characters, my world, blah, blah, blah. 
So how much research do you have to do? And do you end up going to a lot of kids' movies? Yeah, I, I do a lot of research if I'm doing something in a, in a fandom like Frozen because there's so many really, really uh, dedicated fans out there. And if you get one little thing wrong, they're going to jump on you. They probably know more than the filmmakers do about these films at this point. And they have read everything that's ever been published and they are ready to jump on you if, you know, like you get it wrong. So you better get it right. And so I did a lot of research, um, not only on the official stuff, like the movies and the other books and comics and everything that's been done, uh, but also watching Reddit boards and like, you know, tumblers and all that and seeing where the fandom like feels everything is and what they're in satisfied with or what they want to know and then I kind of like make sure some of that gets slipped into you know because it's for them uh you know so I, I do respect fandom uh which I don't think all authors do but I, I do believe that they are part of the the communal of this uh property and so I like to make sure they feel included you have children right I have a daughter she's nine she's nine okay and was she uh heavily into frozen and yes <laughs> so she was only like two or three when the first film came out so she was always like singing let it go nonstop and all that yeah. and so she was obviously older when the second film came out uh in 2019 and so then she became a big anna fan uh you know instead of elsa she liked when she was little now she really likes anna and so she's very into it and uh she thinks it's super cool that i write frozen books <laughs> that's why i was gonna ask if she was a fan <laughs> Yeah, she is. <laughs> Excellent. So how about your original titles? Sure. Uh, so I've been writing books since 2005 was my first one published. Uh, so I've written for a lot of different publishers, Penguin, Random House, um, Simon & Schuster, uh, Little Brown. And so um, but Dis with Disney, um, basically the way I got involved in it, because everyone always asks how I became a Disney writer, is they, were, they put a call out for stories about mythology, you know, with mythology link. And I had this book, it was an Arthurian time travel about, you know, a young King Arthur that before he pulled from the sword from the stone, he accidentally time traveled to the present day. And then when he's there, he Googles himself and finds out his destiny and decides he doesn't want to move back. He doesn't want to go back in time and take, you know, do, 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 do. <laughs> So it's up to these 21st century gamer geek kids that Merlin recruits to go back and, you know, try to sort everything out. So it's like, all right, so I sent that to them and they really liked it. And so they ended up publishing it. And then I did another book in that series and then another series uh, called Dragon Ops, which is a, a augmented reality video game theme park book. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, uh, so what did you read growing up? What do you, what do you read growing up? Yeah, I was, I was a fantasy nerd. I liked, you know, Lord of the Rings and Narnia. And uh, I had this book that I loved about a female dragon slayer called uh, The Hero in the Crown by Robin McKinley. And that was a really empowering book for me because a lot of times when I was a kid, it was always the boys who were doing all the, you know, heroic stuff in fantasy. It's very different now. Uh, but I, you know, found this story about a girl dragon slayer and I just thought that was the coolest. And so uh, I grew up writing about dragons. <laughs> so what book is on your bedstand right now? Um, so I'm reading this book. It's actually a young adult book. I try to read into the genre. This is actually one that came out quite a few years ago, but it's called uh, Life as We Knew It. And it's basically, I apologize. Um, it's basically about um, an apocalypse where the moon moves closer to the earth. Uh, it's hit by a meteor and it moves closer to the earth and it starts all these natural disasters. And so it's about this girl who has a diary uh, basically, and she's living through this and they're going through all this stuff where they're running out of food and they don't have internet or electricity and they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know if it's going to get worse and it keeps getting worse and worse. Uh, but it's an interesting account because we had a lot of dystopian novels like the hunger games and divergent, which were like after the apocalypse, here's how society has reinvented itself. And this is like, during and it really spoke to me because of the whole pandemic we've just been through and remembering those days where you know you went to the grocery store trying to find toilet paper and and, and it, it's almost more horrifying now going back and rereading it because you know you now I now have a personal touchstone of what it's like when you feel like you're in the world but at the same time it's kind of funny because one thing they do all the time is they get together and I'm like I have this like wait no don't gather in groups you know even though in their apocalypse it's fine well, <laughs> So I'm like, no, social distance characters, but of course they don't need to. So anyway, I thought it's very interesting to go back and read it now with the current state of the world in mind. Well, you know, it was funny because um, just a few weeks ago, when after we'd gone through all that, the beginning of the pandemic, like you were alluding to, and then um, 
things suddenly eh, started to get available again and something. And then we had this snowstorm and all of a sudden it's like, we're back to square one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was worse because we had no water. Yeah. I know. That was... How'd you do in the snowstorm? We did okay. I mean, I feel luckier than most. We didn't have water for seven days, uh, but we always had electricity and only one day the internet was out. So we managed, we have a pool. So we use pool water for, you know, the oh. essential uh, toilet flushing and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we were very lucky. I know a lot of my friends and their families in Dripping Springs had a terrible time with no electricity and they were like huddled in their living rooms by their little propane <laughs> fireplaces and, you know, it was just awful. So we felt fortunate. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's a disaster in Texas, but in Minnesota, they call it spring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm in, from Massachusetts. So at first I started laughing when everyone's like hoarding at the grocery store and now, then, it, then, it, then it's, everything happened. I was like, Oh, I have no milk or eggs. I learned my lesson a few years ago and I'll, I'll tell you uh, to watch out for this in this neighborhood, at least is if there's a hurricane coming in down the coast, they will go clean the shelves of water. <laughs> and it just makes me laugh because I've lived here long enough to know it, there's only one spot a hurricane can hit on the Texas coast that affects Austin. And if it anywhere north or south of that, we're not getting a thing, you know, so yeah. enjoy your water. <laughs> yeah. And, and being in South Austin, we don't really have to worry about the tornadoes uh, as much as, you know, even north. Um, when I was out in Dripping Springs, they would have tornado warnings all the time. And I would be the Massachusetts person that's like, should I get in the bathtub? Do I put a mattress over my head? What do I do? And my husband's from Dallas. He's like sitting behind in front of like a big picture glass window. I mean, I'm like, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. talking to two guys from Oklahoma. Oh, so yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, how often do you meet with the film people or... As you call them the film people? Yeah, um, I don't actually meet with them. So I have an editor that's the go-between. So she's the one, she's out in Hollywood with them. And so she's the one regular contact and then they pass all the information on to me. So they keep us separated. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh, that, that, <laughs> we can't let those two talk. I think if it wasn't a pandemic, I might've gone out there, but you know, unfortunately with everything, no one's, no one's meeting with anyone right now anyway. So this works out fine. So are there any perks for your daughter from you working for Disney? Um, not really. I mean, because I'm a contract person, it's not like I get, you know, free admission to the parks or anything. I was joking one time with my husband. I said, I should just put like annual pass into the contract or something like annual pass to Disney. He's like, just let them pay you and buy your stupid annual pass. Like, come on. <laughs> And so um, that's what I do because, you know, it's just like, I, I love going to Disney when it's not a pandemic. I go like four times a year. Uh, I used to live in Orlando, so I'm very familiar with the area. And so I do try to go back a lot. And so my daughter reaps the benefits of that. She goes so often. She's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and she still loves it. But she's like the expert. Like you wouldn't want to go to Disney with her because she would be so bossy. <laughs> like, oh, no, you don't do this. You know, what's your favorite ride? Uh, probably Haunted Mansion for classic. I love Haunted Mansion. And then for a thrill ride, I would say Tower of Terror. Nice. Um, so what's it like to have a child that's burned out on Disney? <laughs> I mean, she's not burned out. She's a super fan. She's just really obnoxious oh, about it. I was going to say, it's just like, oh yeah, whatever. And she doesn't appreciate it. She, do, she just right. she thinks we go. That's what we do. And I, I was telling her, you know, there's lots of people that only go to Disney once in their whole life. She's like, oh, that's horrible. Like, that's so unfair. I'm like, oh, good Lord. Like, lord it over her friends? No, we don't allow that. Oh, <laughs> There you go. No, we try to remind her, you know, how lucky she is and how it's just not, you know, and everyone has their own version of a good vacation. And so this is, this is something our family does and, you know, other people choose to vacation otherwise, but she's been to Disneyland Paris. So we did that oh, before wow. the pandemic. So that was a really cool experience. And Are you planning to take to her to others? Disney Tokyo someday. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. You plan to take her to like Tokyo or something to try that one? Yeah, I've been to Tokyo and it's really cool. So I definitely want to take her to that one. And then, you know, at some point, Hong Kong and Shanghai, but it's just, they're kind of hard to get to, you know, for, I don't know what else you'd do when you got there. I mean, I'm not saying that. I mean, I know there's lots to do, but like, uh, it's hard to plan a trip if you wanted to go to Hong Kong and Shanghai in the same trip, because you're already kind of over there, but it's actually not very close at all. So I still have to do some research to figure out how to make that into a, like one big, awesome trip. Cool. Actually, my wife and I did Hong Kong and Shanghai in one trip. Did you? Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to pick your brain. Disneyland, Disney World. 
we didn't go, but we went, <laughs> oh, there's Disney World. <laughs> but, nice. There's a, hopefully a lot of travel in all of our futures once this is all oh, over. Oh, God, but please. I, 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 the articles I'm reading right now are kind of frightening me for my chances of getting on a plane anytime soon. It's not because of the sickness. <laughs> it's because of the overbooking. Um, yeah. So part of what we do on the show is we like to have a little fun with our guests too and ask them some questions just to get to know kind of their personalities, you know, and, and what, what they think is cool about living in Austin, being in Austin, you know, and such. So uh, we'll start out with was what was your first impression of since you came from the Northeast when you got here, what was your first impression of Texas and central Texas and blah, blah. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. I love the food <laughs> a lot, uh, though I miss Chinese food. I miss, uh, weirdly, New England Chinese food, which isn't anything to do with actual Chinese food. <laughs> but it's like these regional flavors. Uh, but no, I, I really liked it. I was shocked at how cheap everything was at the time, uh, 11 years ago. I know it's different now, um, but like coming from New York City, also going to Target. I think I went to Target like three times my first day in Austin because I was so happy to have a car and be able to go to a Target after living in the city for uh, three years. Uh, so that was really fun having that suburban uh, lifestyle again. Um, and I love the hiking uh, and I love all the trails and the water. Um, I miss the ocean a lot, but I do love all the lakes and the rivers and stuff that we can go to. Well, that kind of leads into our next question is like, so when you do have some time off and you're not hunting uh, vaccines, what is it you like to do around town and just to relax? Sure. Uh, I love hiking, like I said. Uh, so there's lots of trails in Circle C just for a day, you know, just wandering outside your house. Um, I also like to go to a lot of the national uh, the state parks. Uh, we like like the Bastrop one and McKinney and, you know, going there with my daughter, especially during the pandemic when we can't travel far off on planes, uh, you know, getting to see Texas in its natural environment. Um, I love that. And then uh, I love going to restaurants uh, and sitting outside with a glass of wine. One of the great things my friend always talks about when she comes to visit from D.C. is she's like, every restaurant is outside with a playscape and so i was like yeah that's what you do you sit there and have a glass of wine let your kids run wild and it's so fun uh and so i, I appreciate that a lot about austin uh and uh I like um, sometimes go downtown. Um, I used to be a little goth kid, so I like going to Elysium uh, on Red River on Sixth. And uh, let's see, yeah, that's that's that's. Oh, and I'm a dance mom because my daughter is into competitive dance, and so we are always at you know different dance competitions, and you know I'm picking her up and dropping her off at dance constantly. That's cool. not that's not like my my fun relaxing thing, but <laughs> it takes up a lot of time. So where are some of those restaurants that you go hang out with, with the uh, wine? What are some of your favorites? Um, so I really like, um, I really like Trattoria Lucina out in Driftwood. Um, I really like Treaty Oaks, um, which, you know, is, is out in Dripping Springs. I have a lot of Dripping Springs ones because, again, right before the pandemic, that's where I lived. Um, so those are two that I, I love to go to just because they're big, wide open spaces. And, you know, there's a lot of going out, hanging out. No, that's fine. So what are your three favorite breakfast tacos? I like, um, so I like like uh, the sauteed spinach and egg and cheese. Uh, Torchies used to make one of those. It was a number six and they took it off the menu, which I'm still bitter about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I like, yeah, anything with egg, cheese and potatoes uh, is good or bacon. I'm not a big chorizo sausage fan, so. I'll take that off the menu. Well, I mean, coming from where you come from, that's no surprise. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people, you know, are like, ew, breakfast tacos, where I come from. I'm like, no, no, they're really good. You don't understand. I know that the, it sounds weird. It's like, it sounds like, you know, like fish taco that also sounds weird, which is in there really good. Uh, you know, when I lived out in San Diego, you know, that was, you know, I'm like, oh, have fish tacos. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> but it turned out to be amazing. So, yeah, fish tacos are. You know, probably one of my top two favorites. <laughs> any taco. You can yeah. put anything in a taco. Yep. So, um, let's see. I, I know there's one more, Joel, but I'm forgetting another one. What is it? Well, you know, it's Austin is, you know, keep Austin weird. Right. So what's the weirdest thing you've seen in Austin? 
Oh, that's going to put me on the spot. I have to think about that. Oh, I know. Just yes, uh, two days ago, uh, I was at uh, in home, you know, the, the home store and I was in the parking lot. I look over and there was a Chucky doll, like a full size Chucky doll just sitting in the passenger seat of someone's parked car. <laughs> I'll send you guys a picture. It was the freakiest, weirdest thing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and it was yeah, it just just like in the movie. Oh, I'm sure you saw something weirder downtown at Elysium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen, like, the naked cowboy. I've never got to see him. So. <laughs> uh, all right. And so uh, final question, and then we'll give you a chance to plug your stuff, and we'll, um, you know, anything else you want to talk about. Thank but, you for your um, time, and thank you for what you do with the vaccines, because uh, I feel lucky. I mean, I, I got really frustrated, and but it worked, you know. You, what you're doing, I know there's so many people out there that are just absolutely flummoxed by this process. And so uh, you're, you're doing a wonderful thing and thank you. Well, thank you. And, and I, you know, it's my pleasure to do it again. Like I had some extra time and I'm really happy that I was able to make a difference in a small way because every jab in the arm will get us closer to normal. And that's what, you know, if you want to say I'm being selfish, that's where my selfishness comes is I want this done as quickly as possible. I want us to be back to normal and traveling and eating out and seeing our friends and our family and hugging everyone. So that's my reward in the end. So the, the question I was going to ask you was, uh, if somebody were telling you they were moving to Austin, what advice would you give them? Uh, let's see. So we'll assume someone from the Northeast, I'll say that it's okay that it's super hot because the humidity is not what you're used to. It's And people here will tell you it's humid, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> and it's not anything compared to what you're used to in the Northeast. So 100 degrees actually feels better than like if you went to Disney World in Florida and it was 80 degrees because it's much drier. Uh, so don't make that, don't scare that off. And, and, and it's the same as like when you're in winter, you know, you don't go outside when it's minus two degrees. And so in summer, you don't go outside when it's 110 degrees. And so just, you know, there's certain times that you have to deal with the uh, weather, but it's so beautiful here. I mean, we're in March and I'm looking outside and it's this gorgeous day out. So it's definitely the weather is 100% a plus. I would say um, as far as uh, housing, <laughs> good luck finding a place <laughs> with the real estate market as it is. It's crazy. Um, but uh, let's see, something more positive. Uh, eat lots of breakfast tacos. You won't be sorry. Positive. <laughs> what would you warn people about? Um, I would I would warn people. Um, well, I would say there's a lot of uh, Austin's very blue um, as a state, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, as a city. And so, but if you go outside Austin, you're going to find a lot of different opinions. And so just realize that um, we are a purple, I guess, area uh, in a whole, you know, like we got the Austin bubble and then right outside is a little more red. And so you just have to understand there's going to be people with different beliefs and views than you. And so you have to be able to accept that and, and be okay with that if you want to live here and be happy. Uh, there are some people in the Northeast, I don't know if they could deal with that, uh, very well. Um, but, uh, I don't know, maybe that's too deep, <laughs> but it's something that I had to get used to coming from the Northeast where everyone sort of felt a certain way. And, um, you know, I came down here and, and, and people didn't feel the same way. And so that was something that surprised me, I guess, a little bit, cause you just hear that Austin's, Austin's so blue, Austin's so blue. Um, but, um, so that was something that I got used to, um, I think it is hot <laughs> in the summer. It's going to be hot and uh, it's crowded traffic. No one, no one understands. They're like, Oh, well, Boston has traffic. New York has traffic. Uh, we have a lot of traffic. Yeah. So be prepared if you're going downtown to wait. In traffic. So anyway, um, as Joel was alluding to earlier, <laughs> it's a, been a super pleasure having you on and, and we really appreciate what you're doing and I hope everybody else does. I mean, it, it's, so much of your time that you're giving and i know that's the most valuable commodity any of us have is our time so you giving that much of yourself is just amazing um i wanted to ask you do you have anything you want to plug any websites any your books anything the slide <laughs> what's that 
the Slack channel? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you guys what it's called, and anyone can look it up. And it was created by someone in Austin uh, for this very purpose because he was frustrated with getting his family vaccines. And so he was able to create this. He was, you know, in, in IT. And so he only created it for himself. And then he realized that he could open it up and let everyone use it. So it's Texas Vaccine Updates. And you can just search for that in Slack, S-L-A-C-K. And it should come up and you should be able to open it. Uh, of course, there's 15,540 people on it right now. So it has been become more well known. So as soon as those slots come up, uh, people jump on them. But they do have help wanted uh, sections where you can put out requests like that you're looking and that people can, can find it. And as far as for me personally, uh, you can go to my website at marymancusi.com, M-A-R-I-A-M-A-N-C-U-S-I.com, or just look Mary Mancusi up on Google, and uh, you can see some of my books. I'm happy to uh, autograph uh, books uh, for anyone who is interested, or you can get autograph books at Book People uh, from me. They've been a great uh, resource, uh, even especially during the pandemic. Uh, we have to support our independent bookstores because, you know, it's been a hard year for all small businesses, but especially bookstores. Uh, and so we try to shout out for them and support them as much as possible. So if you buy a book from me autographed or if you buy it directly from them, I buy my books from them to give, you know, to sell to people because I want to support them. Don't buy from Amazon if you can't help it. <laughs> Not a Jeff Bezos fan. Well, you know, I'm, I'm guilty like anyone else to get that one day shipping. Uh, but, you know, as far as books come and, you know, it's just we really want to support independent businesses if we can. I know it's one step harder um, to do it and I get it. But, you know, if you have the possibility of getting something from independent, uh, I definitely recommend it. But she still gets her iPhone cases from Amazon. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You can order your, uh, I don't know, masks or water or <laughs> whatever. Joel, you have anything coming up this week? I am playing at Crimson Creek Barbecue Sunday. That would be Sunday, what's the date? 20, well, today, uh, 18, 19, 20, 21. There you go. <laughs> March 21st, uh, Sunday, 1 to 3. It's a food trailer, great barbecue. Crimson Creek, which refers to the Red River, Bob. And uh, okay, <laughs> it's a beautiful outdoor area. Dogs, kids, Dripping Springs. Is well, it? it's off of Nutty Brown Road. Oh, okay. So it's halfway to Dripping Springs. Excellent. Yeah. Well, again, Mary, thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you. Hold on just a second after we stop recording and I'll get some more information from you on your uh, links and anything else that you want me to slap okay. up there. But, uh, Thanks we, for having me. Oh, yeah. It was fun. Um, so <laughs> and it went in two different directions so well. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. and vaccines. Who would have thought? <laughs> yep. Hey, um, so... This is Bob Moore saying see you next time on the trail to Austin. Bye-bye.